0: You're listening to The Science of Superpowers with Tonya Dawn reclar. Listen here, read the book, and dive into the experience.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Science of Superpowers. So delighted to have you here with us again. And I'm here with Darren Erickson. Hi, Darren. You want to say hello to everyone?
0: Hi, everyone. Thanks very much for having me on the show, Tony.
1: (laughs) Oh, you are so welcome. I'm so glad that you're here with us. We have today the conversation all around future trends for global economies. Um, Darren works at Value Partners Investing, and one of the things that I really loved about him in the book, I was pulling up the book name, I wanted to make sure I didn't butcher it, Global Future Trends. No, I didn't get that right. Global, say the name of the book.
0: Global Investing: a uh, Practical Guide to the World's Best Financial Opportunities.
1: Thank you. I got our I got our titles crossed. And so, as I was diving into that book earlier, what I felt was the the thread of the, the heart of what Darren really stands for. And what what I felt him in when you pick up the book, you'll you'll see the same thing. This this kind of like we need to work, we need to care about the money because the money dictates things that actually happen to people, right? And so there is a connection between our economies and the people that have, that they affect. And we shouldn't be ignoring that, right? And so one of the things I really appreciated about Darren's approach and sort of his his mode of being is like is like it's a much more worldly sort of humanitarian perspective on money. So I'm really excited to have that conversation today on what are the future trends of global economies from the vantage point of what are we talking about the about the impact on humanity? right? How does this impact the people involved? Like how are we doing things when it reg- when it, when it relates to money? And I, I believe those are very big conversations right now. So we're going to dive into that with Darren, but first we're going to ask, what are your superpowers and how do you use them for good?
0: I think one of my superpowers is uh, making order out of chaos. As a global equity investment manager, I, I deal with a lot of incoming information, a tremendous amount of data and being able to filter out the noise and really focus on what is important and how it might impact uh. The portfolios I manage and our clients, I think, is is critical. One way I use that, I think, uh, <clears throat> to to help people is to uh, articulate complex financial concepts in a way that people can easily understand them.
1: I really love that because it it, it speaks to not just the complex complexity and intricacies, but a lot of what we saw in due diligence was the. Where we make decisions poorly is, is a lot of it's intimidation, right? By by what the conversation means, what do, what do the words mean? Like it's just not something we're familiar with, and so we tend to tend to advocate, right? Or we tend to want to make it somebody else's responsibility to to do, or we we're like, okay, you just manage my money for me. I'll never forget. We were in the crypto space, you know, when we had the corporate counter intel firm doing due diligence there. Somebody came up to Justin one point, puts her phone in front of Justin, goes, here, buy this much something coined for me. And he's like, "Uh, no, like, like probably shouldn't be doing this if you're intimidated by the process, because we need to be educated in how these things work. And I think when it comes to money, it's kind of like breathing. Like we never really think about how we breathe or that maybe we should be consciously aware of how we're breathing because we just do it all the time and it works. And money sort of kind of falls into that same thing. It's kind of this arbitrary thing that just sort of happens. And, and you have this kind of love-hate relationship with it, most of us but we never really stop to think about what is it and what is it doing and why is it here and what are we supposed to be using it for and how does it come to us and how does it leave us right and and when you look at energetics you know those are big conversations the frequency of money right what are we really talking about and I and I like that the conversation is moving out of the material and yet you have the very real job of like making things out of nothing in the material right so it's like how do you how do you do that right And and it and it's um I appreciate that that folks like you who are moving large amounts of money are thinking that way. Um, you know, I think that's a big part of the reason for the energetic sensitization process we use is because you know it came from the counter intel world. But when you're dealing with large amounts of money, and that may just be like, oh, it's money, you know, not national security. But it is national security because our national security sort of rests on on this money concept. Our global security rests on our ability to have some sort of exchange between each other so that so the business can continue, so supplies can continue, right? We've built this behemoth of a thing that requires money to go. Now we got to figure out how to reimagine the thing. You're in the middle of that, Darren, like like what's this world look like from, you know, the the trepidation of what the economies are going to do, what the markets are doing? Like what does that look like in a space where you can look out and go, I actually think that this is good. I think we need to walk through this. Talk to me about your world.
0: It, it's safe to say that the global economy and the global financial markets continue to be in an evolutionary process. They have for as long as people have been around and markets have existed, and they'll continue to evolve. And I know it uh, can be scary at times, it can be painful uh, financially at times, you know, when you're going through one of these corrective phases in the market. But this is all part of a natural progression, I think, that sees capital move to its most efficient use. And there are obviously short-term dislocations where we have bubbles form in certain segments of the market. Um, Those eventually get resolved and capital will flow to where it should. So for me, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk recently about retrenching and and the nearshoring or onshoring of production. And some people are taking that as meaning that globalization, the trend to globalization is over um, and that's going to reverse. And I, I disagree with that quite strongly. I think the trend to globalization is shifting. The nature of it is shifting right before our eyes, but it's going to continue and I think it needs to continue you know, as a, as a species, the human race needs to continue to try and work together and, and cooperate in ways that are beneficial for everyone. And I think that's a good thing.
1: I agree with you. And I do think that we're looking at some unprecedented times. I remember I had Irvin Laszlo on the show. I did a whole feature on the men of co-creation and He's in his 90s, 109 books, multiple peace prizes from different countries and PhDs, you know, and all that good stuff. And he's been in this conversation for a really long time. And his stance is that this is different, right? We're evolving at really rapid ways. And this is a shift, a very significant consciousness shift. And I asked him, I was like, because yeah, I see that and I feel it too. But I have my pieces, my scientist inside of me. And I'm like, okay, how do we know? Right? How do we know? How do we know that to be true? Right. And it was a beautiful conversation. And and at the heart of it we can't know for sure but i do think that with the uh, you know it's all living in a pandemic possible reality now that's undeniable um things are different our consciousness has shifted what matters to us shifts and and regardless of what happens with the economies i know a lot of us are really interested in seeing those dollars turn to to good right turn to social impact because we do see um, an upheaval in the systems. And, and, and a lot of us are, are urging that on, really, like chip, making more chips and, and trying to pour light into some spaces where light hasn't been for quite a long time. And, and, and we'd like to see that money moved into social impact. And that can, that can inform investing, right? It can inform what we encourage private investors to invest in. And, and I think that that's a worthwhile conversation right now. You know, We tell our clients and our children, like, invest in the things that are going to support you moving forward. Right, and what we don't know what's going to happen with dollars or or any any type of currency um, for that point, but we do know that if we're going to continue being here, then humanity will continue being here. Like that's kind of that's all we know, right? If one of us is here, then humanity is here. Like end the story. What do we want? How do we want to live? Right, and so. So, I think investing in that kind of a concept of, of, of turning those dollars and the, those, those pounds and the currency into, into social impact is always an incredible investment. But it's not popular when things are uncertain and people want to grab and take and have more because of the uncertainty. And, but I believe that we're being shown that, that's, that you can't hold on to it. You can't take it with you, you can't hold on to it. So, what's the next best thing if not to leverage it for good? Um, and then maybe that's my pie in the sky kind of Pollyannish look at things because um, I've seen the other version of things and I, I'm not voting for that. And so how do you handle conversations with people when when sort of your mission and purpose is to say, hey, I look out this far. I see a humanity that, that, that can do better. And, and yet you're working with clients who in a very real sense are like, hey, I'm concerned about my family and my children. End of story. How are we going to survive? And it's like, uh, you may not if we don't look at this one, right? So how do you kind of navigate those conversations with people depending on where they're at developmentally?
0: It really is a balancing act between sort of short-term concerns, um, short-term goals in, in terms of what people want to achieve financially. And obviously, yeah, everyone has a different time horizon. You know, if you're young, you have a long, longer time horizon. You can maybe uh, look at things a little bit differently than if you're on the verge of retirement. And, you know, current income is, is the primary concern, not how your investments are going to impact the rest of the world. But there is, without a doubt, a very clear and growing trend toward um, socially investing or, um, you know, you call it whatever you want, if it's ESG, environmental, social, and governance issues. I think really it's it comes down to being Socially aware and responsible when you're investing your money, because I think the long in in the long run, the only sustainable investments are going to be those that ultimately help humanity. It's you know in the short term anything can happen, but in and it the long does. run, and it does. <laughs> in the long run, you know we all live on this uh, on planet Earth, and you know how. How the planet fares environmentally, how we fare socially in terms of uh, you know our political systems and their stability, um, not to mention currencies and so on. I mean they all they all impact our our lives in a really uh, very real way, and you know we we pay a lot of attention to our physical health, our mental health, and even our spiritual health, but a lot of people just miss that that one component that financial health. Earlier on in life, and when you're later on in your in your years, and you're about to retire, or you want to retire, and find that you suddenly you can't because you you weren't prepared uh, early enough. You know that that's a very important thing, and that can weigh on people physically and mentally. And so I think you know thinking about it now, looking far into the future, where do want we want to be uh, as a society? It's it's important, as you mentioned. The financial system is the the engine that's running the global economy, and so allocating capital in ways that make sense and will help us as a as a race or a species, I think, is is absolutely critical.
1: I agree, and I, and I love the conversation around this emerging creative economy. Right, the creative cur- creativity is currency, and I think that that's a valuable sort of unifying lens we can all look through. Is that we need creative solutions. We need to know ourselves as creative and create tours on some level, because then we operate off of different principles. We hold ourselves accountable. We tap into that larger creative conversation when we're willing to say what I do actually matters, not just to me, but to everybody. And what happens to everybody matters to me. So, so it's undeniable, right? We have this beautiful kind of collectivist view that we're able to, to then inform how we spend our money. Right, and, and it takes less of that survival thing. I think a lot of us are done with the survival thing. We did it, checked the box as long as we wanted to. Now we're like, what's next? Right? What, what's beyond survival? And you spoke to it. It, it. It's like the value of the life that we have is is, is largely dictated by our, our social structures and how we share spaces together. Um, and, and that that improves our quality of life when we're willing to look at those through creative lenses and say, how can we support each other first? so that we can all have that experience. Because if we're honest, it's not fun to have a great fun experience if you know somebody else isn't. A party's not fun if people are sulking in the corner, right? Not as fun as it could be. But if everybody is enjoined, it alleviates all of that, that angst and that dissonance inside of us that makes us feel a little bit guilty for having what we have. It's the natural deconstruct mechanism of privilege. When we don't have that and we we can see ourselves in everybody and we we can we inform how we spend our money and what we look at what we use money for and how we view it through that lens as as in service to humanity and not vice versa, I think everything changes, right? To take us from money serving humanity um or to money serving humanity rather than humanity humanity serving money. Yep. I mean, right? Well, that's a shift I think I'd vote for. <laughs> um, so I, lo- I love knowing that you're in those conversations there. And thank you. Thank you for continuing to endeavor to, to look beyond and say, hey, this impacts a lot of different people um, for generations to come. You know, and we, when we should be thinking about that. I often review case studies of businesses and, and, and realize, like, who was there during that decision? That one decision had impacted all of us. Why didn't someone say, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this or maybe we should just think about this a little bit longer? Or maybe we should think out another generation or two before we pull this one. And it's like those kinds of conversations, right? When you know you have impact and influence over over humanity, taking that level of responsibility. And so we'd love to see people with with dollars to invest, investing in in the companies that are thinking in that way. Um, So so I love that you're in the midst of that. Darren, what are some final thoughts you'd like to share with folks as we're writing these very uncertain trends into the future? Let's, Let's give folks some hope.
0: You know, I I think that uh, there's a lot to be hopeful about and a lot of positive things that are going on every day. I look at businesses that are doing great things for humanity, developing new cures for for disease, um, investing in ways that are creating a sustainable future for all of us. and, And and they're generating wealth for for investors as well at the same time. So I think there is a way to combine the two. And, uh, and everyone benefits from that. And, you know, as well, when you think of the stock market as a place to invest in businesses and acquire business ownership, and you think like a business owner, when you buy shares in, in a company, you're an owner. You actually are a business owner. And if you think of it that way, then when times get tough, like we saw in the pandemic uh, sell-off we saw it last year in, in certain uh, segments of the, the technology sector, for example, certain segments of the market that sold off. I think it changes your view. It changes your perspective on your investments, where your money is, how safe your money is. Because if you're buying good businesses, you are a business owner and you don't have to panic when prices get cheaper. When things get cheaper, you buy more. And I think if you, if you hold on to that, You'll get through the tough times and you'll build wealth for yourself and for your family. And that'll allow you to do the things you like to do, including investing in socially beneficial projects. You can help people, you can do a lot more to make this a better world.
1: Brilliant. Well, Darren, thank you so much. I love I love that you're speaking into this from a very practical standpoint. We get it matters, right? You want to be able to, to feed your kids and pay your bills and do the things that need to be done. And you'd like to think that when you leave this planet that they're better off than, than than maybe you were when you were here. And that's beautiful. And there are others, right? And so so extending that that lens beyond that. And I agree with you, there's a beautiful way that we can do all of it. Um, and so so we'll continue to endeavor toward that future and we'll hold that vision together. Um, and so, thank you, Darren, for, for doing what you do in the world and, and for being who you are and for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge. We appreciate you.
0: Thank you very much, Tony. It was my pleasure.
1: Beautiful. And to all of you out there, thank you again for being here with us. We love that you support it. Make sure you get over and check out um, Darren Value Partners, right? Where can we send Value Partners? I've got it right here valuepartnersinvestments.ca. Um, make sure you go over there and, and check them out if you're in that investment game and you like what Darren's saying here. Uh, get over to superpowerexperts.com and check out that sensitization training, right? So you can feel a little more confident when you're sitting with your investments, right? With your finances. Um, it's just money, folks. I know it feels like life or death, but we got to breathe through it, right? We got to work through that and be like, okay, right? We're we're more powerful than the than, than money in front of us. And, and we can remember that. And so go through that sensitization training and it'll give you a little bit of a different perspective for those hard times, all right? I know that we're all in this together folks. We're we're going to get there. We're going to walk through this and we're going to see ourselves into a much better future future vision moving forward. Thank you for being here with us. We love you all. Remember who you are um and we love you. Until next time, love each other. Goodbye for now. Hello everyone. I'm Tony Don rekla director of Superpower Experts. If you're ready to activate your superpowers and turn your lifetime journey into the journey of a lifetime, Go to superpowerexperts.com and get started today.
0: Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.